0: Welcome back to the What is a Campus Pastor podcast. My name is Frank, and I am glad that you are here because today we're going back to Fort Worth, Texas, because we're gonna be chatting with Jeremy Glover at The Hills Church. He's a great campus pastor with years of experience. And, and again, like a lot of these campus pastors, whatever tensions and kind of, of weird situations that you're facing as a campus pastor, he has experienced it and he has some thoughts about it that I can't wait for you to hear. So before we get to Jeremy, I wanna remind you, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend. Every campus pastor in the universe needs to listen to this podcast because they don't have a choice. There is no other podcast for us Campus Pastors, all right? You're kind of obligated because this is what you got, all right? Also, give us your questions. Go to the voice message thing in this podcast, in the show notes. Go to whatisthecampuspaster.com to click on that link so you can give us a question for the podcast. And many of the pastors who have been on this podcast will be there to answer that question at the end of the season. All right, here's Jeremy. Talk to you later. Bye. I am so excited to be here with Jeremy, uh, another campus pastor I was able to connect with when I was on my campus pastor tour last year, (laughs) meeting with all these different churches and pastors. Jeremy, I'm glad that you're here. If you could do me a favor, introduce yourself, tell people about your church, your campus, How long you've been there all those kind of like vital details
1: yeah man frank thanks for having me on man this is this is great and i appreciate your heart for providing something for guys like us (laughs) who've just been fumbling through it for however long (laughs) we've been in this role right uh so my name's jeremy glover i uh i work at the hills church in fort worth texas so i uh i serve as the campus pastor of our west fort worth campus here at the hills um love what i do thankful to get to do what i do thankful to to be a part of this church and and uh, really enjoyed getting to hang out with you uh, about this time last year. So yeah, yeah. How long have you been there? So um, seven and a half years. So I came okay. came to the hills as a student pastor um, at this campus and served in that role for about a year and a half before uh, I stepped into the campus pastor role.
0: Great. Explain to me some of the you know logistics in terms of how you guys do multi-site. How many locations? Um, sure. Are, is your venue a video venue? Are you live preaching? Is there ever live preaching? How much? How many times you're preaching? All those kind of details.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're, we're a v- video venue. Um, so we have been a multi-site church a little over a decade, I think 11 years, something like that. So um, the campus that, that I lead was actually um, going to be the first, our church's first uh, foray into multi-site. And then about the time we were Getting ready to launch, another church approached and said, we'd like to be a campus. And they actually came online first because they had a building and already had some things going. So we've been, we went from one one campus to three campuses really fast um, about 11 years ago. Um, and so just ever since then, been learning what this looks like. So we're a video venue. Uh, we, we live stream. So we're slight delay, but but live stream our preaching every weekend. I get to preach usually, I don't know, two, maybe three times, maybe four times a year. Uh, which is just right for me right now. Um, I, uh, we do have live preaching at times. Our senior pastor will travel to campuses. And so we may have live preaching, I don't know, half a dozen times over the course of a, of a year. Um, and so uh, we're, I, I think I mentioned we're three campuses. We're on, uh, we've hired a campus pastor and are heading toward opening our fourth campus uh, next year. What, what else am I missing? Anything no, else you no, want me to dive it, into? Well, so, yeah,
0: tell me about a little bit about the staff dynamics. So at your campus, how mm-hmm. many staff are at your campus? And and are you, um, like, their, are you their boss or mm-hmm. they report to a central campus? Do you hire and fire those kind of details in terms of your staff? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, so I have um, – there are six full-time pastors on our staff, um, and then I've got three full-time administrative assistants and some kids' ministry staff staff. Um, that the uh my staff directly report to me. So they have a solid line reporting to me and then dotted line to their department leads, whether that be student ministry, kids ministry, worship, whatever that is. Um and what that's been, you know, we, we, we've we've kind of stumbled through that over the years too, but uh have landed on the, the the solid line to campus pastor. Um and so that's the way that all works at, at this point. Uh and, and seems to work really well. I mean they there are definitely tension points in that at times, but uh, that's just multi-site. There's always gonna be tension points, so.
0: Yeah. Can you explain some of those tension points? Tell me, like, if I give you an example of, like, a youth pastor at your campus wants to do a different series or do a different event yeah. than the, like, I don't know what kind of conflicts you guys, or how, how like, consistent across all campuses different ministries yeah. are, but, like, yeah. how, like, what does Central do for your ministries versus how how much autonomy does your the different ministry leaders have at your campus? Yeah,
1: yeah. honestly, Frank, um, that's it's still in process, and that changes all the time. It feels like, but um, you know, we, we went through a season of consulting with the Unstuck Group um, not too long ago, and one of the things that was really helpful about that is is just they helped us acknowledge and recognize. That that tension is going to exist always, and we're going to handle it differently at, in different departments, depending on what the ministry is and what the needs are. And so, like our, our worship department is um, probably the most in alignment. Um, you know, they they uh, work very closely together. We have a bank of, of worship music that we work from. Um, and so they're very aligned on a lot of things. Um, and with streaming, of course, we've got to be. I mean, there's a lot there that you have to manage. Um, but then you can, you can go to other, other places in our, in our church where it's pretty you know, non-aligned, where they have a lot of autonomy and flexibility, and then everywhere in between. Um, I would say one of the things that was really helpful for me when I took this role um, was the executive pastor who hired me said to me, you know, as I was kind of transitioning in, he said, your job when you come to our senior leadership team um, is to advocate for your campus. And he said, and when you go to your campus, your job is to advocate on behalf of our senior leadership team, right? And so your job is to live in the tension of those two things help us manage the tension and know that that you're the voice advocating for what your campus needs and what your people need and what your team needs but you're also the voice advocating on behalf of what our central team and leadership believes is is significant and important as well Um, that that framing has been really helpful for me Um, and i i just realize uh, now you know as many years into this as i am that embracing the tension is what we need to do, not, not try to erase it. We're never going to get rid of it. In fact, it's one of the things that makes multi-site such a great model. Uh, it keeps us from becoming stagnant. It keeps us from, from becoming comfortable. There's no, there's no time for that. <laughs> We're always moving and always learning and growing. And, you know, I spend enough time in, in comfortable church that I, I just, I don't want any part of that anymore, you know, and uh, God bless, you know, those places where I've been, but uh, I love being at a place where I'm constantly being challenged to think, how can we be more effective and how can we move forward? And multi-site puts, puts me in that place all the time, right? Where I'm always having to think what, what's going to be most effective here and how do I manage all of the different angles that come, you know, that come with whatever it is we're trying to figure out.
0: Mm, That's good. Uh, Man, you talked about that, you know, I think campus pastors,
1: a lot of churches
0: are asking the campus pastor to kind of, um, you used a specific word, like uh, not defend your campus, but like advocate. You said advocate for your campus and also like kind of promote you know, the kind of central vision of the church to the campus. And and in many ways, you're kind of like singing this tension of both being like the culture ambassador Mm -hmm. of the church ethos as a whole to your campus, but you're also like trying to, to, um, you know, trying to make sure your campus doesn't get neglected by, you know, or being forgotten and things like that. Do you you see, like you said to live into that tension how what What tensions kind of show up on that like think of if you if you had like a a, campus past, a person who's never been a campus pastor before and they're walking into that tension, yeah what does that look like you know what would they face and how what would you encourage them to do in those moments where maybe you feel like yeah, okay, what the church is talking about right now maybe makes sense for those two campuses, mm-hmm. but that's not going to land on our campus really
1: great right. like i don't,
0: I don't know like what do you do in that situation?
1: Yeah, man, it's a great question. And I, and I think every, every circumstance, every situation is different, you know. Um, but, um, you know, I think the place where it probably rears its head the most um, for us is just communication. Communication is hard in any organization, in any church, it's even harder. In multi-site church, it feels almost impossible at times. Like, there are just so many competing needs and competing values Um, and knowing how and when and what to say or or not to say, sometimes it's just really, really hard. And, um, you know, one of the, one of the tensions I find myself leaning into a lot uh, as it relates to our Sunday gatherings, is just what, what are we communicating? You know, that, that forever battle of what do we announce, what don't we announce, are there too many announcements, are there not enough announcements, you know, and all of that. And, and we've handled that a lot of different ways over the years. Um, but, but one of the things that I find myself kind of being in the in-between in position on is we have what we would call central or global things that are important, that we need to communicate. Um, but at times, if all we communicate is global, then people locally start to think, what am I a part of? Like, it starts to feel like not their church because it's not specific to them or th- opportunities you know that, that they feel like are personal for them. And so it can come across way more corporate or big picture than we intend for it to. Um, and so I find myself often advocating for, man, we, we need to be saying things that resonate locally. We need to be talking about the community that we're in. We need to be talking about opportunities specifically and, and acknowledge they are specifically at this campus so that people can start to get a sense of, yes, I'm part of something that is bigger than me that I will never fully be able to understand and, and lean into as an individual, but I'm also a part of a community that's right here. Um, and these are the ways that that impacts me directly and that I can invest in that, that also impact that big picture that I know I'm a part of as well. Um, and what I've found is I, I've worked with an incredible team and our, our central folks are just amazing and, and do a wonderful job. But what I've realized is it's hard for them to understand that sometimes because the only context they have is the big picture, right? And they're thinking about messaging and they're thinking about how do we streamline this and they're not necessarily always thinking through the lens of the person in the seat that is new to the church or that has been here a while that's looking for the, the new way to engage or the next step in their walk with the Lord. Um, we try to think that way, but my job is to see the faces and the names and the people that I know and try to decipher that down for, man, how am I making this, you know, something that they can engage, you know? Um, and I think that's, that may be the most, the most consistent place where I feel like I'm in between at times, you know? And then there are times where man, Frank, I got to just submit and go, no, this is important for this weekend. And we need to do and then there's other times where I got to dig my heels in and go, no, 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 no. I'm setting that one aside and we're going to do this this weekend because we've had a lot of that and we need some more of this. Right. And I'm, I'm blessed to be in a system, uh, in a culture where I'm empowered to do that and I'm trusted to do that. Um, and, and frankly, our, our senior pastor acknowledges and really empowers us as campus pastors to be able to do that well. So It's so good. Um,
0: let's kind of take a step back again. Tell me, you said you you got to this church as the youth pastor. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. So, what got you into this role? Did you seek it out? Did 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 someone on staff like raise you up into this role? What was the What was it like going from student ministry into this role?
1: Yeah, yeah. Good question. So, um, I I saw myself as a student pastor for my career in ministry, like. I was, uh, I, I knew, you know, the Lord called me into student ministry when I was in middle school. I knew that my, my plan, I'm from central Illinois. So my plan was to go back there. I, when I grew up, I didn't know a single church that had a, had a student pastor. So like, I I thought this is something the Lord's calling me to, but I don't think it's going to be what pays the bills. So I got a teaching degree and I was going to go back and teach school and work for a church, you know, part-time or whatever. Um, and then I, I met my wife and married a Texan, and uh, she didn't like cold weather. And she also pursued a degree that took us to Houston. Um, and so when I when I went to Houston, I had had an opportunity to step into full time ministry. And so um, and that was student ministry. And I thought, man, I'm gonna this is what I was made for. I'm gonna do this until I'm too old and they kick me out, you know. Um, but you know, fast forward, I don't know eight years from there. I would say, transparently, I didn't do student ministry in maybe the healthiest way, um, and I, I went through a season of burnout where I felt like it was time for me to get out of ministry. Um, and so was wrestling with, do I go back to teaching? Do I do something different? What is it that's next? And asking the Lord that question, um, went to a, a retreat. Uh, that is for uh, ministers who are in a hard spot. Some people call it, called it the, the burned out minister's retreat. I don't really like that, but that's, that's, that's what it's become known by some people around here. So I go on this retreat with my wife um, to try to discern what's next. And while I was there, um, had the mentors who were a part of this who really just helped affirm that the call that I heard so long ago was still there. And that what needed to shift was my rhythms and the way that I engage ministry and getting healthier. And that part of that might be a change in the church that I was a part of, that I might need a fresh start in order to begin new and establish some healthier rhythms, right? And so they just encouraged me to have an openness to that. So fast forward, we go back home uh, where we were living at the time. And shortly after that, I mean, it wasn't even a month, I got a call from the Hills asking me to consider the student minister role. And it became very apparent that that was where the Lord was leading. And so we moved to Fort Worth and became part of the Hills. Um, And shortly after that, the campus pastor that hired me transitioned into a group's role. um, And our executive pastor approached me and asked if I'd consider the campus pastor role. And I immediately said, no, I don't think my season in... And student ministry is over. Um, and yet I'd never imagined a campus pastor role. Like I, I didn't, this is the first multi-site church I'd ever worked at. I didn't even really know or understand multi-site yet at that point. Um, and, you know, so as I, you know, he asked me just, would you pray and consider before you just shut it down, you know? And so I walked away from that conversation and immediately the Lord started to work on me and opened my eyes to this is the next thing. I'm calling you to do, um, and so it became really apparent that was it, and I said yes, not having a clue what that meant um, uh, or any of that, but man, I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined a role that, that fits me as well as this one does, um, and it just has been a, been a beautiful, wonderful season, and I'm just incredibly thankful for it.
0: As a pastor, looking for a ministry job is hard. Every church has different processes and different timelines when they're looking to hire someone. And looking for great candidates as a church is even more difficult. You'll get dozens, if not hundreds, of resumes, and it's hard to cipher through all of them. But what if I told you that chemistry staffing is here to help you with both? Whether God is calling you to begin looking for that new ministry opportunity or you are a church trying to hire some folks to fulfill some different positions, Chemistry Staffing is here to help you land at the right church or to land the right candidate that will last in your church for a long time. I really love Chemistry Staffing. At Practically Pastoring, we have brought Chemistry Staffing in to speak to our pastors, to learn how to interview better, to make better resumes, and to have good hiring practices. And I have sat on both sides of the table with chemistry staffing. I've interviewed for churches through them, and their team was really helpful, not just representing the church, but asking me poignant questions to discern if that church was even right for me. And my church has been and is currently using them to hire various positions within our church. We hired a current lead pastor through them, and we are now looking to hire a new worship pastor as well. Side note, if you are a great worship pastor and want to work in sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin, apply and come work with me today. They're great to work with and will help your church answer the questions you need to not just get the candidates to apply to your church, but get the right person at the right role that will thrive in your context. If you want to use chemistry staffing for your candidating process or want to see if chemistry staffing is a good fit for you, go to the show notes and click on the link and set up a time to talk with them today. If you use the link in the show notes, it will help me and help this podcast. But if you click the link, you are also helping yourself and your church make the church hiring process just a little bit easier. Check out Chemistry Staffing today. Hi everybody, this is Andrew Larson. You might know me from Practically Pastoring, which is one of the other, I don't know, dozen or so podcasts that Frank lends his voice to. If you've ever listened to our little show, you know that we spend a whole lot of time making fun of Frank, not because we don't love him, but because none of us actually understand what it is that a campus pastor does. So we're glad that you're listening to this show. But I also want to encourage you to check out Practically Pastoring because one of the things we discuss time after time is the importance of not doing ministry alone. Practically Pastoring is a great place to connect with other pastors who are going through the same things you're going through, understand what day-to-day ministry life is like, and it's also a great place to make fun of Frank. We hope you'll check it out. Love it, yep. That's your story is very similar to me when when I transitioned from student ministry to this. Never thought I would leave student ministry. Didn't know what a campus pastor was, and uh, now I'm I'm really loving this role as well. Uh, Speaking of loving this role, what do you love the most Mm -hmm. about being a campus pastor?
1: Um, I I love that I get to spend um, so much of my time engaging with people. Um, You know, I I, I'm an introvert. (laughs) And yet I love, um, getting to connect with people in a meaningful deep on, on a deep level, you know? And so, um, I love that I get to, to pastor and lead and care for people. Um, and also that I don't have to carry the preaching burden all the time. You know, I, I enjoy preaching. I feel like, uh, the Lord has given me a, a, a gift to preach when the, when the, the, uh, opportunity arises. And yet I, I really am enjoying not preparing a lesson every single week like I did for so long in student ministry um, because I feel like it's freed my heart and my mind in some ways to really care for people, uh, maybe even differently than I, than I could manage when I was a student minister, if that makes sense. Um, and so I love getting invited into really sacred spaces with people um, and being able to both walk with people who've been walking with the Lord for a long time and also introduce people to Jesus and everywhere in between, you know, I get just invited in so many different places. Um, and I don't, uh, you know, I, I love that my focus is to be the point lead of the pastoral presence at my campus, you know, in the absence of a live senior pastor. Right. Um, and I also love, I love leadership and I love leading a team, and I love uh, vision and helping implement vision and make sure that we're aligned with vision. And so I get to be both a part of that process of discerning, but also uh, responsible for implementing it in a in a location, you know. And I just, I love all of those things. Yeah. And so much it's, more. You know, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's interesting because like... Um, you know, uh, you know, you go from you know, speaking every single week in the student ministry, yeah. mm-hmm. and even me transitioning to the work, the role I'm in now. One of the caveats I I kind of pushed back when they offered me the position was I feel like if I don't ever speak, like because the, a lot there was another video venue here that the, that campus pastor maybe maybe preached once a year, right. but Probably almost never. And I said like, if you put me in that role, I'm gonna I'm gonna shrivel up and die. Like I, right. I need to be like I want to be able to write sermons occasionally. And so um, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the preaching team here, but I still only preach maybe like once a month. Um, and you know, that, those off weeks where I'm not writing a sermon is actually very freeing because then I get to be with my people because those, those weeks when you're writing a sermon, yeah, you have to it. block out your calendar mm-hmm. and it's pretty significant, right? And, right. and uh, this, the new, I mean, I've been in this role for a little over three years now. And so, so this new rhythm of like, okay, once a month, If anything, I get to do a a slow trinkle into my sermon by listening to something, reading something, you know, spend like an hour this week, an hour next week. And then, like, I come into my week with a lot more content to write that message. But it's given me a lot of opportunity to spend way more of my bandwidth on caring for people, building up teams, casting vision. Like, it's it's interesting how it's – I'm still very much using those tools from my tool belt from student
1: ministry, but
0: applying in a very different way here in a campus pastor role. Well, and Um, and Frank,
1: what what I love is, um, you know, here at the Hills, because we're, we're video venue, I'm the onstage host, you know, 65, 70% of the weekends. And one of the things I love, I feel like my years of teaching students um, helped prepare me to be a good onstage host because it's so much more than just, Going through the details of something that people need to know it 's pastoring them through, leading them through the journey of that morning, and so there are there are all kinds of opportunities any given Sunday for me to share nuggets for me to teach in a moment, for me to you know pastor people into a deeper place um, that I, that itch is scratched for me. Just even just with the hosting moments, I feel like I'm getting to do that, you know? Um, and it's not the same as preaching, but I feel like some of the things I enjoy most about preaching, I get to do on a regular basis. I have a, um,
0: unscientific theory that the best campus pastors are former youth pastors, but that's,
1: uh, I,
0: I mean, I think my theory is the best. Past, the best lead pastors are also former youth pastors, but that is not for this podcast. Hey, um, talk about what you love the most. What is the thing? You, you mentioned communication. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a common denominator for every campus pastor in every multi-site yeah. church. Yeah. But yeah. is there anything else that's been very challenging as you've been in this campus pastor role that you're facing either right now or have faced in the past?
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, uh, two things. One is, I think, specific to the campus pastor role. The other maybe maybe just a ministry thing I don't know but it but it's also specific to me and my role as a campus pastor here the first I I would just say is this just the sheer breadth of things that I have my hand in Um, there are some weeks where I have been going nonstop, and I look back and I go what did I do like because I had my hand in so many different things um, but they all you know it was in bite-sized pieces that you get to the end of the week and feel like I'm not even sure what I accomplished you know Um, And yet you feel just worn out and like you've, you know, you've gone overdrive the whole week long. Uh, But the other thing I would say that's maybe more general is um, we just continue to wrestle with how do we intentionally um, help people take steps into deeper discipleship, right? Like we don't want to be a mile wide and an inch deep. Um, And and I think that's given the, the culture that we're in, that is a constantly evolving, like, what does it look like for us to continue to push and challenge and make clear paths for people to take steps toward Jesus and into deeper discipleship? And, um, you know, so it's a real challenge. I'm a part of a a small group of of our subset of our executive leadership team that is working on some of that from a discipleship path perspective, kind of refining some things that we've had in place and and man, there are times where I sit in those conversations and I just feel like it should not be this complicated. And yet it feels so hard, you know? Um, and so right now, like just in general, that's one of the biggest weights I feel is, man, how do we, how do we continue to do this? Well, how do we make space for more and more people to take deeper steps, um, and not get just, you know, not just spend our time in the machine of church, which is if we're not careful what it becomes about, you know? And, uh, So,
0: yeah. That's so good. Um, You know, uh, one interesting dynamic in that is as a campus pastor, you want to see your people get discipled and grow deeper. But you also sit in this interesting state where, like, you might not be the person creating the discipleship environments, right? Like, you you know, like that might be your group's guy or if you have, like, a Christian education person, like, those are the people that you have to kind of like simultaneously tell them this is what your people need and right. like prod them to create those pathways. Sure. It's cool that you get to be a part of like that team of people to help right. create that. But sometimes campus pastors with that pastoral heart to see people go deeper, you kind of have your hands tied behind your back yeah. because you have to, you, you're, you're kind of, you're only really able to do is get people onto the pathway, but the church at large is probably creating that pathway. Sure. You're trying to navigate all that. It, it's, a, it's a tension. And uh, churches that are kind of ahead of that and, like, thinking about that is great. But then there's, there's times where you're just kind of like, okay, I want to see you get discipled. Let's just wait for the rest <laughs> of the church to, to, to realize yeah. that, you know? So, yeah. That's yeah, interesting. And I-
1: I think for me it's one of the reasons I'm an advocate of of having the campus pastor be the solid line to to your, to the team because I think I get it, I get to speak into that differently because of that solid line the 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 system is created and I'm not necessarily always a part of that and yet ultimately the responsibility of it is on my shoulders because that person reports to me and so because of that I get to speak into that and I also get a little bit stronger voice back to Uh, the folks who've created that path to go, man, this isn't, this isn't what we thought it would be, or this is where we need to tweak or, you know, and, uh, I'm thankful for that because I think it makes a difference. And I know, I know sometimes the other way it can be, you can, you can feel like your legs are cut off, you know, and there's not a whole lot you can do in, in the, in the, in the wrong kind of environment, you know? Yeah, I, I've,
0: and I and I like how you said that you. I mean, I've been there where I've been exhausted after a week, yeah. and I'm like, "What do I even do?" If Someone explained to me a campus pass is kind of like the quarterback, where sure. you know a little bit of what everyone is doing. Mm-hmm. You may not be an expert in what everyone's doing, but you know what everyone's doing, right? And 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 you know, in a pinch, you at least can articulate what needs to be done. But uh, it's like a million different plates spinning, and you're just making sure all the plates are still spinning. Right. I get it I, I, on a Sunday morning. Um, there's been a Sunday where like I literally get off the stage after doing the announcements and then go and then change the paper towel roll in the bathroom. Yep. Then after that, refilling a <laughs> pot of coffee, like I'm like trying to do all of it and I, and I get it. And there's a yep. lot going on. So, yeah. um, uh, what's your, so think about a campus pastor Oh, actually, no, think about someone in a campus pastor role right now. What's the best piece of advice or encouragement you can give them?
1: Yeah. Um, I think first and foremost, you got to take care of yourself. Um, you're doing a big job, and your number one, your team are going to follow your lead, whether they directly report to you or not. Uh, they're only going to be as healthy as you are, um, and so are, so are your folks. They're, they're noticing uh, how you live your life and what kind of pace you keep and whether or not what you're saying about following Jesus lines up with what they see in, in how you live life. Um, and I say that as somebody who had many years of my ministry where I was not doing it in a healthy way and uh, feel like now I'm in a really healthy place and and the difference um, is really really significant and important. And so um, you know you can only lead people to a place you're willing to go and uh, if you're not healthy and you're not taking care of yourself, you're not you know taking care of your marriage and your kids and all of those things then, um, it's really hard to expect the people that you lead to go there, too. So I think that's, that's first and foremost. And I think we're in, a, in an epidemic of, uh, of just really unhealthy uh, habits and practices in our culture, but, but also also in the church. You know, we can't just run the gauntlet of event after event after event after event and grind ourselves up. It, it's, it's just not going to end well. And we're seeing it happen all over the place, you know?
0: That's so good. Um, w- one more piece of wisdom or advice you can give to someone. What is something you wish you knew mm-hmm. before you entered in the role as campus pastor? Something that you could share to someone who's maybe got a job offer to be a campus pastor, is a youth pastor being b- told by their XP that they, they wanna put them in a CP role? Like, what would, be, what would you wish you would have known that you could help the next generation of CPs to, to, to start off well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Man, I I think, um, I think I probably knew this, (laughs) but maybe didn't let it fully, uh, sink in the, the weight of your campus and your church is not on your shoulders. Um, and it can be really tempting, especially early in the role to feel like everything, uh, relies on you and it doesn't, this is, this is, this church belongs to the Lord it 's jesus 's church, it was here before you, and it 'll be here long after you and um, don 't fall into the trap of feeling responsible for everything um, let let you know th- that weight fall away because you 'll lead in a much healthier way if you do um, and i I early in my early in my days in this role, I was in my office I think it was six thirty six forty five at night um, and there was a knock on the office door, and i did didn't have any idea who it was because there's nobody should have been around that time of night and I went and opened the door and it was one of my elders uh, and he came in and he goes what are you doing here and I said I'm getting some things done he goes pack it up and go home he goes whatever it is it's not that important your family's more important it'll wait till tomorrow you know um, he goes, you're never going to get to the end of everything on any day in this job. And you just got to get comfortable with leaving some things undone and going home and being with your family, you know, and I'm so incredibly grateful for his boldness and driving by and seeing my car and being willing to walk in and, and tell me that, um, cause I needed to hear it. Uh, and it changed a lot for me in those early days and set me on a much better path.
0: Mm-hmm. That's wisdom for any role in ministry, for that's sure, right. like that's right, you know there's always gonna be more to do, and yep. uh it's better for you to pack up, go home and and do it tomorrow <laughs> you that's know right. do it next week that, that's that is right. that is good stuff. Jeremy, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you, whether it's email, whether it's uh, social media, what, what's the best way sure. to reach out to you if they want to?
1: I'm a simple man, at thehills.org. I'm on Facebook. I'm probably still on Instagram somewhere, but I don't get on there very much. So if you find me there and send me a message and I don't reply for six months, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's just because I don't get on. So at uh, thehills.org is the best way to get me right now. Awesome. Jeremy, thank you so much. Uh, I
0: really appreciate your wisdom and your insight. Thanks for
1: being on the show. Yeah, Frank. Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Thank you.